Hi, everyone. My name is Karen Daly. I'm an attorney with Echo Title, and I run the Ashburn, One Loudon, and Middleburg offices. And I am here with our hosts, Susan Banville and Patricia Gallardo, and we have a special guest for our episode of Real Estate Junkies of DMV. Susan, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, my name is Susan Banville, and I'm a senior loan officer with Embrace Home Loans, and I am licensed on the entire East Coast in California and Arizona and love what I do. And I'm Patricia Gallardo, and I'm a realtor with Real and the Platinum Group here in Northern Virginia. And we are really excited today to have our special guest, Todd Pettibone, with Toth Financial, Pettibon. You got it. I keep screwing that up. With Toth Financial. And we have a great conversation for those of you out there who are maybe thinking about buying your first home or now in a position to start thinking about your future and building wealth. So Todd has some really great tips for us, and we'll just get started. Thanks for having me on your show, team. Yeah, I appreciate it. So my name is Todd Pettibon. I'm a portfolio manager, as Patricia mentioned, at Toth Financial. Uh, I've been there a little over two years. Uh, I'm a retired naval officer, uh, over 25 years active duty, and after that, I went to become a business strategist at Deloitte for about 18 months. Um, we uh, are a boutique-registered investment advisory firm located in Leesburg, Virginia, uh, right around $900 million in assets under management and a little over 500 clients. Um, we cater to typically high net worth individuals with uh, over a million in portfolio and just really glad to be here and be a guest on your show. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Glad to have you. So the hot topic of the day, Todd, is inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inflation everywhere we look. Store gas prices are going up, grocery prices. I mean, I just looked at the prices I paid for milk this year versus mm. pre-COVID and I'm just amazed. And for someone who's entering into the process of, I want to buy a home, whether it's their first home or perhaps maybe it's been a while since they've owned a home, so they sometimes might fit that profile of a first-time home buyer, what are some tips that you have for them as they start down this journey? Indeed, great question. Um, yeah, inflation can be really sinister, especially if it was onset slowly. However, you know, under the current circumstances and born out of the uh, pandemic, uh, it's actually, you know, came on rather quickly. So uh, it's catching a lot of people by surprise, um, especially people that had some long-term plans and had already established, uh, you know, a good budget and had goals with their money. And so, you know, everyone's moving quickly to tr try to get out in front of it and, um, you know, build their wealth, you know, in a way that's going to uh, adapt quickly to the uh, changing conditions of inflation. You know, it's uh, depending on what what the inflation rate is at the moment, it's a figurative tax, you know, and, and it basically reduces the purchasing power for everyone's dollar uh, that's out there. So it makes it really, really tough to plan. Uh, but there are some things you can do to try to get out in front of, especially for first time home buyers, um, building a portfolio that's allowed them to come to the table and to be able to make a competitive offer. And the first one would be, you know, especially for young people, you know, their 20s and 30s, you know, trying to get rid of that debt um, and specifically uh, credit cards and unsecured debt. Um, start with your highest you know, interest rate uh, because oftentimes they are going up with that rate of inflation. So as the federal funds rate sets the floor, uh, those credit cards will adjust upwards accordingly um, and that can uh, really consume someone's dollar um, on a monthly basis. So uh, start with your highest interest rate card, you know, pay that off quickly and then move to your next interest rate card if you have more than one. Uh, and start paying that off with the remaining dollars that you're using on your first one. And ideally, you get down to zero, maintain it, and, and then use those uh, dollars towards 
um, basically cash savings and investments. So that that really is that kind of long-term uh, but immediate action steps that you can take uh, to help yourself. You know, school debt and, and those secured loans and, and some of the other, uh, you know, debt that you may have along the way, um, you can effectively approach it the same way, um, but, you know, you're going to have to figure out what you're paying in interest and to make sure that any of those things are not adjustable. Uh, and if they are, you want to figure out a way to get uh, out in front of them. There's debt consolidation plans and things like that if you talk to you know, certain lenders, they might be able to help you uh, do that as well. The whole idea being, once you've eliminated that debt, that you are finding more discretionary income in your paycheck. You know, if you have your bills covered um, and you're able to, to save some extra money, you know, where to put it first. You know, the, some rules of thumb are, are about 15% in your monthly paycheck towards uh, investments, about 5% towards, um, you know, savings and cash. The other component of your, you don't, there's some, some key rules of thumb that you don't want to spend more than about 28% of your, your monthly income on a mortgage. And that's a decent one to help, you know, figure out how do you can use the rest of your, your time together. So those are some good points of entry to, to help build a plan, a monthly plan that allow you to start accruing wealth so you can go in and make a, a handsome offer on your first home. I like what you said too, Todd, about this is Susan paying down your debt because there have been many times where I've gotten an application from someone and, you know, they really have a wonderful income, but unfortunately they maybe have three credit cards maxed out. And so the debt to income ratios then take them above where they can actually afford a home. So typically on a conventional loan, it's about 43% debt to income. And so I, I love your idea about paying down your credit cards and your debt. Yeah, the, the key is, um, you know, second step um, piece of advice. And this really just, this is any stage of life, you know, live within your means, right? So mm -hmm. depending on, on that, that paycheck, uh, whether it's a, a steady paycheck or a variable paycheck, depending on, on your income and what role you have, um, those are things that really can help you accrue wealth as, as well. You know, there obviously is a focus on um, college education to be able to, to have a, a higher starting salary and, and potentially, you know, better benefits in the long, long run. That's not necessarily true. And the, the labor market right now is in a, a high degree of flux, um, especially whenever there's two open jobs for every uh, unemployed person in America right now. So it's a very tight labor market. It's very competitive, you know, three and a half percent on average over the past you know, six months. So uh, there's lots of opportunity for people to make that extra dollar. Mm -hmm. And so if you're living within your means, it allows you to have that discretionary income to where you can start saving. And, and even in the current times of inflation, you know, in a savings account in a bank doesn't necessarily help you, you know, well right now with, with returns on that cash. So there's CDs, there's money market accounts, there's money market mutual funds that you can actually put your money into that can give you, you know, 4 4%, 3%, 4% you know, return for that dollar, uh, the use of that dollar that's actually being saved right now. So living within your means is the second one uh, after after getting rid of your debt. So one of the things, too, I think is really important is to be able to have a substantial, or, you know, it doesn't have to be substantial. There are some loan programs out there for which you have 0% down, but the minimum typically is 3 to 5%. So you've given us some good information already about kind of how to save for some of that down payment, and it's really beneficial to the borrowers. Absolutely, yeah. So people understand the intrinsic values of owning a home, right? It's a great place for your family, you know, all the human factors that come into owning a home, but it's also, it's likely to be the biggest uh, purchase that a, that a person makes in their lifetime, at least in the United States anyway. So that said, it's a part of your portfolio. 
and when I say portfolio, I'm talking about your, your overall net worth, right? So that's one aspect in addition to your investments and your savings, which obviously to the financial you know, focuses on. But for you three, that home is such an important way to uh, build wealth because you are making that monthly investment into it on that loan. So the earlier you can pay it off, always the better. I mean, that goes without saying, you know, debt is debt, um, but there are ways to manage that debt. Um, and, and that's what we had initially started talking about. Fixed debt is really good because you can plan to that. And then as your income grows as a young person specifically, you know, you're able to use those extra dollars towards the things that Toth Financial can help with. So so that's where finding, you know, the right loan initially and then secondarily those opportunities to, um, you know, to refinance, um, you know, even in the current markets, people are still buying homes, even though those interest rate rates might be, you know, six, seven percent. Now, in the past 10 years, 10, 12 years, Yes, that's a higher than normal rate. Uh, in the in the <laughs> in the past thirty years, uh, well, just for example, my my first home loan was seven and a half percent, and that uh, was historically low in two thousand and two. So yeah. everything's relative. Um, you know, the sky's not falling at this moment. You know, the economy's actually rather strong right now. So we definitely know that that wages are are healthy and that you know people are able to to start saving. Those those personal habits. Um, we talked about living within your means, um, you know, saving for that rainy day, uh, because you really don't know. Sometimes, we, you know, last year this time, you know, Russia had not invaded Ukraine, but within 30 days it had, and and you know, wars are um, really uh, inflationary, uh, basically on in every aspect. Mm-hmm. So, um, if if we didn't have a pandemic uh, leading into that, so mm-hmm. that's another key factor is that having savings in the background. Saving for your goals and meeting them and setting those money aside and doing it in a way that you don't have to see it so you know that it's happening, but you're not relying upon it in your day-to-day. Right. And starting early. Starting early. And saving. Yeah. Early. I just spoke to a friend of mine who is in his early 50s. He started working at 22. He was always a saver. And he just told me he's going to be retiring in one month. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I'm like, that is amazing. It's fantastic. And he's so excited. So I think that's a really, I mean, everyone says save, save, save. It's very easy to say, but not easy to do. And they were totally committed to that. That was their goal, to retire in their 50s. And they're doing it. So that's fantastic. But another question I have for you is, you know, a lot of younger people are renting. And Susan as well, right? They're renting. And throwing away money in rent. So... In terms of building wealth, you know, what does a home, owning a home, do for them? Um, how much money does it save them? Are they throwing money away now on rent or putting money into a mortgage? So there's so many positives to owning a home um, in terms of building your wealth yeah. in the future. Great question. So, you know, rent versus buy, um, and it is dependent upon, you know, everyone's, you know, individual situation. You know, I, my started out um, and I was in the service, we were moving very frequently, so it, it it didn't make a ton of sense to actually, you know, buy a place right away, especially when you didn't have those initial capital assets to be able to make an offer. You know, this is about uh, appreciating assets versus depreciating assets. Um, your rent is 100%, you know, not going back to your own wealth and your net worth in the long run, of which the difference is when you buy a home, it is so. It's it's accruing in value uh, over time. Markets tend to you know increase you know especially in this in this region especially you know these these homes largely hold their, their worth over time, uh, and and will increase in value, uh, and it's all you know based on demand. So uh, buying a home far outweighs renting you know in many ways. 
uh, and especially if you're able to buy a second home and, and be able to take advantage of some of the inflationary effects if you're using it as an investment property. So, um, so if you're renting, um, you know, those are, those are things that unless you really have a smart plan to be able to um, walk away from that and, and not think about your home as an investment property, um, then I would look at uh, potentially, you know, changing that mindset and looking at buying because the dollars that you're using for towards rent, um, you're, that's not coming back to you in the future. So take care of the future self. And to my point is, you know, what is the interest rate on rental payments? A hundred percent. That's right. Yeah. That's way higher than yeah. the current interest rates. <laughs> I'd say that's not a good bargain. So, <laughs> and Todd, to really pick up on what you said about how it invests in your future when you buy a home, I see at the table, you know, we see everybody, um, whether it's first time home buyers or they're trading out, but also at the end of life. So this past year, I have seen a lot of folks who are coming into, okay, now I need to move into either it's a 55 and older or it's an assisted living facility. And so they are selling their home and that is helping to fund that next step. So a real I like this, actually, my husband said it, and it really resonates well, is that if you take care of your home, your home will take care of you. So at the end of life, which a lot of us don't think about, you know, <laughs> if you young. got that, yeah, when <laughs> yeah. we're young, right? Because who wants to think about that? But you've got this amazing asset. If you've taken care of it, when you need to go on to those next steps, it's going to take care of you. And that's how you repay the investment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good the point. um Depending on the market, you know, mm -hmm. having that asset saved and accrued, you know, in wealth and, and you know, driven by um, demand, uh, it, it is a great way to um, transition yourself into retirement, uh, going, you know, from from a big home full, mm -hmm. full of kids down an empty nest. That's a great transition. You know, the other thing that the pandemic uh, produced was um, really multi-generational homes. And so... You know, um, just read an interesting piece a couple couple weeks ago that, that talked about you know current millennial uh, millennial generation moving back in with their their parents. You know, to the tune of about thirty five percent of the of the really? of that generation. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. rather high, and you have multi generational homes, and those are those are ways that you can actually transfer that wealth. You know, to be able to take care and minimize costs for for elderly um, when you have an internal caregiver in the home, uh, but then also. Uh, maintain the home over time because mm -hmm. that also is, is an asset you want to retain its value. So that, that would be the, the recommendation. Yeah, I like those thoughts. And I think some of the things too that um, I was picking up on what you've mentioned earlier on the, on the savings is um, we have a whole credit do's and don'ts that Embrace Home Loans puts together for especially our first time home buyers. And it's really unfortunate, but with the credit agencies, one 30-day late can really cost you on your credit scores. That could take you from a, a 350 to a 680, and that directly impacts your interest rate. Just like when you try to buy a car, mm -hmm. you know, it's the ones who have the great credit scores that are going to get the excellent um, rates, rates on, on that. And so... Um, it's it's helpful. I know that's great information, and that's one thing I always counsel a lot of my borrowers on is please don't ever set yourself up for automated payment, and don't ever be late on anything, and that will help a lot. Yeah, that's where when we were when we opened up uh, today, we talked about you know reducing your debt and living within your means. That mm -hmm. is exactly mm -hmm. uh, the benefit that you reap from doing that um, daily and monthly, uh, which is uh, having a great credit score because it gives you the flexibility to make uh, better financial decisions in the long run. So that, that's great advice. 
I had a financial planner many years ago before you, Todd, who actually gave me bad advice, who said, don't escrow your property taxes and homeowner's insurance, and I pay all my bills automated. And so this was many years ago, but we had property taxes in Fairfax County are crazy high. And I just didn't remember. And I had one day late Mm. and they charge you 10% of the total amount. It cost me $400 because I was one day late. So just those small things like that. Yeah. And it's, uh, we, you know, I think this is fairly uh, well known, but you know, location, 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 it always matters Mm -hmm. um, where you're in because those markets are very acute to uh, the local economy and, you know, places that have a high turnover tend to retain home values and uh, because you have that constant transaction of, of, uh, you know, buying and selling. Uh, so those are always beneficial. And in um, economies, local economies that don't have that high of a turnover, maybe single or second or two two industry locations, um, those are opportunities to frankly take care of the asset you have, because you know if you don't have that extra income to be able to put towards things like investments, that home is going to have a higher importance to you for the long run. So. So every one of those things that you were talking about, Susan, with respect to insurance and, and escrow and taxes, mm-hmm. uh, those all play into it too. When it comes to plans, you know, plans are a great place to start, and especially if you're a young person, I, I would encourage you to have a plan. But remember, it's a point to deviate from. It's also something you need to come back to on a routine basis to be able to accommodate for adjustments that have happened. You know, life takes over, and people don't typically account for injury or illness. And those those two factors mm-hmm. can sometimes, you know, plague your ability to earn income. Um, secondarily, you know, your ability to take care of yourself in the long run. So, uh, and back to your point, Karen, about you know transitioning into retirement, those other vehicles, relying upon Social Security and Medicare, good to a point, you know, for your monthly income. But it's always better to have that discretionary component so that you can you know keep it back into your investments and your long-term health and wealth. That's really great information. Wow, we've really been honored to have you here today. (laughs) It's great to be here. Yeah. Any other thoughts you all want to add? Nope. No. I think we can end it, though, and just say what are the, remind everybody what those tips are for Mm -hmm. all those young people out there who are just starting to build your wealth. So get those pens and papers out and take some notes. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just open up with, you know, reduce that debt as quickly as possible. Uh, Live within your means, taking care of that steady paycheck, which, you know, takes some some element of discipline, setting a budget, uh, living within that budget, and then set some goals for yourself, some financial goals, uh, which would be, you know, hey, by two, three, five years, I want to have X amount of dollars so that I can walk in and be able to put a percentage of payment down for a home. And then, and then understand that home being your initial first asset uh, as you grow and build your wealth. That's great. Great. Thank you, Todd. And thanks, everyone, for joining our second podcast, The Real Estate Junkies DMV. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Thanks for having me. Okay.